Hey, Starburns listeners, Ben Schwartz here, and I'm here to plug. Here I go. I am in a new movie with Noel Wells on Netflix. It is called Happy Anniversary. It is out right now. You All you have to do is basically go on your computer or whatever device you want. You just click on it, and there we are. It's, it's me. It's Noel Wells, and it's the story of a couple on their three-year anniversary. They wake up, and on that moment, Noel's character is done. She feels like she doesn't think she can take any more of the relationship. And throughout the course of the movie, which takes place in over the course of 24 hours, you flash back to all the good, the bad everything that encompasses this relationship to try to find out if these two actually will stay together or if they won't stay together. It's right now. It is a romantic comedy. Me and Noel Wells, written, directed by Jared Stern. Netflix, happy anniversary. Starburns, lots of words, ending with exclamation. When's it going to end? It just did. Another tag. And now it's done. It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. 12 original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kelberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash press. It's a good deal. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right, it's Drinky Fun Time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Drinky Fun Time. I'm Dan Dunn. Alongside the lovely and talented Emma Patterson, Emma, how Hello. are you? Oh, I am so good. I'm so hot. All right, you beat me to it. I'm sweating my little titties off. Yes, it is. We are in the heart of heat right now in Louisville, Kentucky at the first annual Bourbon and Beyond Festival. It is a giant celebration of whiskey and music and and Barbecue. warmth and warmth and, more, and genuine human warmth as well not just t- temperature wise but everybody here is really really nice in Kentucky you be you'll yeah. struggle to find a cold person here yeah you you would except well maybe this guy sitting next to me over here Whoa. I've known him a long time and I've seen him be a cold hearted bastard uh, <laughs> he is a an author extraordinary his, his books uh, he's written so many books about drinking he probably forgot half the books he's written uh, and he's an all around great one of the most knowledgeable people I know in the spirits world. Please give a warm, drinky, fun time. Welcome to Fred Minnick. Hello. 
Thanks for having me. Fed crowd. So many just, people in the meeting. And I, I have so many great things to say about Dan. Yeah, and so, and he, I just he, fed him a sheet with all of it on Yeah, he built, he <laughs> built the spirits. So if you're listening out there, you have no idea the kind of legends uh, and the voice that you hear every on, day. Go on. No, go on. Amazing guy. No, no. Go on. Go yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of legends, uh, we also have a Fred was gracious enough to uh, to bring along a legend who's also sitting with us right here. Um, I don't know uh, what more you could say about about the, the... I know, I know. Yes. I'm pretty sure I'm sat next to what could only be called bourbon royalty. Am I not? I would, yes. think, I would think you are next to bourbon royalty. Is His this chap like the equivalent of the queen in bourbon, in, in the bourbon world? The king, really. You know, well, we king. have a queen They're, in England, so no, that's, oh, right. no. yeah. that's what you call. He is uh, part of a, a family, uh, you might have heard it, called the Van Winkle family. Uh, and they make bourbon here. And they make bourbon here... That is really, really, really hard to get sometimes. But when you get it, you're a happy person. Give it up for Julian Van Winkle. The third. The third. That's yes, a real thing. Yes, it, it is. The third, yes. Three of us. Julian, how'd you get suckered into this? That's what he's asking himself right now. Uh, it's so good to meet you. I have been a giant fan of, of, of your whiskey for, for quite some time. And could, could you tell us a little bit about it? Well, thank you very much. It's nice to be here. I don't know how I got uh, buttonholed into this. I just kept walking, and uh, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> Walked about a half a mile, and then I'm uh, on the radio. There you go. The um, only reason you're still here is you don't want to get hot going back. Exactly. You're just going to stay cool for a second. But um, uh, just got um, lucky in life, and I had a grandfather that got my family in the bourbon business, and my dad was in there behind him, and I was selling clothes for a while out of college and said that wasn't too much fun, so I'm going to get in the bourbon business with my father, and then um, here we are. Here you are. So I'm going to call bullshit on that. All okay, right. good. Good start. Okay. A little bit. So uh, Julian will not, will, not, will not brag on himself, but he has one of these really incredible palettes, and, and I want to take you back to the, to the 1970s and the 1980s when bourbon was kind of left for dead. He and his, he and his father started... Uh, purchasing barrels and and were mingling them together for their own unique products and he was out there on the streets kind of you know knocking down doors trying to get people interested in his whiskey sometimes he had to give it away just to get someone interested imagine that a lot of it which is so incredibly hard to believe now like given the the demand for the whiskey but it was largely a a lot of the comeback because is because of his palate like he had he has this ornate ability to taste one barrel and another barrel and another barrel and know the percentage of the three barrels that should go together to make a really good bourbon. And it's actually, in my opinion, one of the absolute hardest things to do in bourbon. Making great distillate uh, is not easy, but it's much easier than the blending or the mingling aspect of it. Yeah. And the the maturation side of things is, is much more art and kind of luck than it is science but he had an actual talent that you can taste in every single bottle that he and ever you just put think together. that's something innate julian inside of you or is it was it something you had to I, obviously there's tons of, of tech work that goes into this but did you sort Look of a savant when it comes going, to it do you think i had a choice yeah. they called me julian yeah um, did you, i had you to do it yeah no no not at all i uh um, i had when i was one two three years old was introduced with bourbon and lemon juice and honey for a cough. So, yeah. and it was really good bourbon. And I, that is what I have been drinking that same recipe, although it changed at some point during the deal um, between when I was two to 68 years old. But um, I have this, it's like 
this is what I enjoy. And that flavor profile is what I enjoy, and that's what I try and match um, each and every day that we taste barrels and so forth. So that's what uh, I still enjoy. It doesn't mean that other flavors out there in whiskeys and bourbons are, are something I don't like and appreciate. But um, matter of fact, one of my favorite whiskeys is, is an Irish whiskey right now that I'm just Which wild about. Oh, I can't promote. I can't. Really? Oh, I can't possibly oh, promote might, Red have... Breast on the radio. Red Breast. <laughs> I love Red Breast. I yeah. love Red Breast. So you're, you're pouring here. You're at the festival. They're pouring. Uh, I guess there's got to be lines out the big lines for? Well, we just did a seminar with Tom Colicchio and uh, okay. Chef Ed Lee. Sure. Uh, we were talking about the uh, people counterfeiting, and a lot of it came to the counterfeit of, of, of Pappy because people would will sell their bottles on eBay, and someone will add an inferior whiskey in there and then resell it on the secondary market or resell it to bars, or bars will funnel in new whiskey. He's just talking about some of that, of kind of like that theft of, uh, of his family name. and. Have and you so ever forth. encountered that, Julian? Have you ever seen somebody proffering a bottle of your whiskey and you taste it and you think, this isn't it? Uh, not I, have, I have not because I very seldom drink my whiskey except when I do a seminar or something. Okay. Um, but, but there's obviously evidence out there all over the place that um, uh, people trying it in a bar where the whiskey that was originally in that bottle in a bar is now something else or see counterfeiting stuff on the on the on the on the internet or whatever may i ask why you seldom drink your own whiskey except at seminars because i'd rather have people that we have so little to enjoy i'd rather sell it not for the money but just let more people experience it and now you will the complaining will stop or (laughs) slow down yeah you do drink some of the stuff but you have like a nice reserve pocket from your grandfather's distillery, though. You drink, you still drink some of your recipe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I've got some of that for special occasions that we yeah. put away that was made, you know, back in the day, and yeah. um, spent a lot of a lot of money on 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 eBay back when you could buy spirits on eBay for a reasonable price, um, buying up my grandfather and father's old bottles that they bottled at Stitzel Weller before we closed in '72 or sold it in '72. So. Um, that's something that just held specially. But every day when the weather, whenever it gets freaking cold enough, which is not going to happen this year, it doesn't seem like, I'll switch yeah. over to bourbon from, from Wheatley Vodka or something. So, well, it's, uh, it is so hard to get. I, with the, there was going to be an event out in uh, L.A., and it got po- postponed once and then moved again. And it was about $5,000 to get in, but they were going to be pouring with the 20, do you have a 23-year-old? Yeah. Tw- and I was so excited, and I was writing about it for the rest. So I'm like, I'm going to go. They postpone it. Then the next one comes around the day before I get an email saying it's no go. And I was like, did, but did the whiskey show up? Because there's somewhere we could meet and go, because you can't find it. Right? Where would you put that, Fred, on, on, in terms of finding uh, spirits that are very, very difficult to get, to get a hold of? In terms of demand, the, the Pappy 23 would probably be... It'd probably be the highest up there with uh, with some of the really rare Macallans uh, and some of the really rare Cognacs. I mean, it, it's it's very high up there. However, I, I will say uh, that the demand is greater for the the Pappy 23-year-olds from pre-2008. So uh, why is that? Uh, well, allegedly, that's when... That's kind of when the, the Julian can speak to this a little bit more than I can. I can, and he probably will not. But that was when they started the the percentage of of some of the the Stitzel Weller whiskey that they would have had started like going down a, a little bit. And I, I've asked you about this before, but feel free to comment. But that that would seem to be up to t- 2008 seemed to be some of the 
the greatest American whiskey ever put on the market. And I think a lot of it was because of, of, of those incredible stocks that you had to blend with. Would you agree? Well, that, the date is insignificant. It's, it's, it's after that. But um, because a lot of times we would get a bunch of 23-year-old barrels and bottle them up yeah. and have a, you know, a, a bunch of it on a pallet or two and then dribble it out over the years. So you can't really go by the date to okay. tell what's in the bottle. Sure. And you, you brought a bottle of 23 with you right now. I don't. Ha- <laughs> I told you I don't drink my own whiskey. I am. I'd like to ask you, um, as a as a female, is it surprising to you that how many women now now happily drink bourbon and whiskey, often on its own, you know, and more than ever before? Yeah. Is that something you could have predicted happening? No, it's it's, uh, and I gauge that by the whiskey fest, which John Hansel started years ago, and I don't know how long he, I can't remember how when he first did that. Ninety-seven. Yeah, probably about right. So it's been twenty years or so, and um, um, the amount percentage of women in the crowd is increased every year. Now it seems like it's fifty percent. Mm-hmm. I swear, it's yeah. nuts. And um, younger people, not just the older people. You know, bourbon is an old man's. Uh, liquor and so forth but um uh, it's 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 all over the map now so right. the, and the women it, it's there i mean they're knowledgeable they're women drinking clubs and whatever it's just nuts that um and it's great because you know they're not not ashamed to drink a big old drink of whiskey which is wonderful that's my Emma, no, Emma, Emma's drooling right now she, so she, <laughs> what, she, she wants a big old drink i'm of whiskey. only here because i was i was told i'd get some right now. Yes. So, Emma, one of the books i wrote was called uh, whiskey women i actually studied you know the history of women influencing whiskey and every year, you know, basically the reason why women were kind of taken out of the, the marketing side of, of, uh, of whiskey was because after Prohibition, they didn't want to piss off those temperance women. And, mm. and so they had, uh, they had like this self-edict that they would not promote to women. And that lasted up until about 1987. Wow. And um, it, I think of the research that I have is like about 1958, 5% of the of the whiskey population was um, was female and that data was from playboy because they were trying to <laughs> yeah. sell the brands sure on uh, on how many men read their magazine yeah uh and now you know the data suggests that between 37 and like 45 percent uh is the is the whiskey population the whiskey drinking population and what's interesting is 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 the brands that they like would be absolutely shock you uh like bookers Booker's, sure. which is uncut, unfiltered, straight out of the barrel, is one of the favorite brands for women. For women, and like these, like women drinking uh, groups. Oh, yeah. We got to get some women with we Booker's on. Some, we, yeah, we got to get some. We got to get some. We got some whiskey in you. That's what's got to happen. Yeah, right we do. Keep, the, keep <laughs> these. Keep these percentages up. It's we don't, want the, we don't want the numbers dropping <laughs> because of us. Well, listen, uh, these gentlemen here, Fred Minnick and and Julia Manwinkle, very very busy guys today, I guess, here at Bourbon and Beyond. I mean, two legends, two legends in the whiskey world. Uh, we're gonna be coming back uh, in, in just a minute with uh, with uh, somebody else. Somebody else will it's be a on surprise. the show. Yes, say well-oiled machine here. By the way, as the whiskey goes, you'll see that it gets much much smoother. <laughs> uh, but uh, Julian and Fred, thanks for thanks for coming on, guys. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Right. Great to be here. Nice to meet y'all. Cheers. I want you so bad You run 
You got to stay off the dance floor. It's dangerous, man. It's crazy out there. It's crazy out here in Kentucky. And that song you're hearing right there is uh, by the man sitting in front of us who just tore the house apart out there on that stage. How fantastic was that? It was amazing. Give it up for Dave Cavalier. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate yes. it. Welcome, yes. welcome. First off, first request. Can you do that screech thing that you do at the start? Of <laughs> yeah. 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 How do you do that? Uh, very, very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Bust our eardrums. So, Dave. Yeah, my man. How'd that feel, man? You you opened the festival. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the hardest slot. Or it's the easiest one. You know, I mean, you, you got to go up there and you get your tail between your legs. You're just like, we got nothing to lose. And I, my boys and I are much more on the you got nothing to lose thing. You so. looked so I, – I, I went out. They give – I have this weird pass. I get to go up and take pictures. So I went in the very beginning. And you guys, when you're just, even when you were warming up just before you went on, it looked like you guys were having really relaxed, having oh, a fun yeah. time. And then from the second you came on, and, and as you know, like it, it's the beginning of the festival, so people are still feeling their way around. And yeah, yeah. But as soon as you came on, people start going, hey, what yeah. is this? And they all starts coming over to the front That's of the, the stage. Job. And, yeah. and, uh, and it looked like you had a great time up there, man. That's yeah, man. it. You, I was just saying, you had so much energy that just like we strolled up and suddenly it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop dancing. I was like, it, this is it. It started. Yeah. This festival has begun, and Dave yeah. Cavalier is having time of his life up there on that stage. He really looked like he was, and you rocked it with your little, your little mashup out there, right? What was that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know you always got to throw in something when you're the new band. You know, some yeah. of the people who heard before, but um, a little Jimi Hendrix and a little uh, No Diggity kind of mm. mashup in there. So a Voodoo Child and the No Diggity. It was Vo- great. Voodoo, Voodoo Diggity. Now, do you 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 really know how to work that axe, man? But I'm telling Thanks, you, man. do you do you feel I guess it would be a natural thing for any guitar player to feel intimidated to stand up there in front of thousands of people and start playing uh, Voodoo Chow. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything more intimidating than Hendrix? You know, I, I, I don't. I'm the verge of sounding like a narcissist. Like yeah. I, <laughs> the only reason we can get up on that stage and do what we do is because we believe like. We, we belong up there, you know? Sure. So, so for me, it's more of a challenge. It's like, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to rip this. And you're going to tell me if I effed it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I'm going to go under the presumption that I'm about to give you something that you really want. Because yeah. that's my job, you know? So we get up there, balls to the walls the whole time. So. And that's the wonderful thing, isn't it, about being the opener. No one's expecting too much from yeah. the person. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. just blew everyone away. Well, that's one of the things. That's what I mean. It's either the hardest job because you get all in your head about what you got to do, or it's the easiest one because you got nothing to lose, like yeah. I said. And, like, the great thing about our show and kind of what we're known for back in L.A. mainly is, like, is the energy, you know? And, and the reason why I say with a lot of performers is you have you kind of dictate to the audience how far they can go. Yeah. You know, if you go to 12, they know they can at least get to 11, and it's okay, yeah. you know? If you're only at a 4... You know, how do you expect someone to take their shirt off and run in circles in the crowd? They're going to feel like an idiot. Yeah. But if you do it first, you know, <laughs> now, it's okay now. A star is born. You mentioned yeah. L.A. You're, you're from Chicago. Originally from Chicago, and absolutely. Then you, and then you, you moved to L.A., what, around 2010? 2010, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I was a Berkeley College of Music grad out in Boston. I went back to Chicago shortly thereafter. And, you know, I, I was, I, that's always been my 
home. That's where I cut my teeth. You know, all the blues in my style is all from there. And, uh, you know, but I wasn't finding what I thought I was going to find necessarily in the whole scene. So I went to L.A., played with another band, toured the country for about two and a half years. And then when that fell apart, Dave Cavalier, Dave Cavalier Trio, solo record, and everything kind of took off. Woo! So, yeah, we got a new record in the mix now. So it's just, but it's, it's L.A. has influenced me so much just because there's a different kind of blues out there to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, out there, the people are just so unique. I mean, some, some girlfriend, you, know, you hear about the old blues themes about guys, you know, getting their lady, cheating on them for another man, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, there, they'll do the exact same thing, but it's just because he has a Ferrari, yeah. you know? And, it, and, it's, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's the same, but okay. it's a little bit different. Yeah. And, and I started to see that creep in, and then the songs started to come, like, you know, Danger on the Dance Floor and Blood, some of the ones we played today. And, uh, you know, yeah, LA's, LA's been a great influence, great and, town. And you... You were a bartender out there too, I right? I was, I and, was, man. And it's—I got to tell you, man, because you know Emma and I do these shows, and we go around, we do them in bars, and we have a lot of yeah. bartenders on the show, and and most of the people, as you know, yeah. well, they, you know, a lot of them have now made bartending the career. Sure. But you, they're also—they all have that other creative outlet, and some of them are still pursuing yeah, that or whatever. Do. But it's really great. To, to do what we do and be in these places and then to look up on a stage. I mean, it's a big-ass stage, oh, man. This place yeah. looks like Outside Lands or Coachella. Yeah. And to look up there and say, there's one of ours, man. Yeah, there he man. is. I look, appreciate you know, that. Like you got yeah. up there and, 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 you know, the sky's the limit from here. Wearing yeah. a Union Jack T-shirt as well, I say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, You're on absolutely. screens 10 feet in the air at either side of the stage wearing yeah. a Union Jack. I was so proud. <laughs> Thank you. I did it for you, man. I did it for you. <laughs> Only <knew> you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's cool. I mean, like, I, I think I, I appreciate these stages because of the time I've been as a bartender. Yeah. And I mean that because, like, you know, for all the people who are creative and chasing a dream and like slugging it out till 4 a.m., whipping drinks. I mean, there's a lot. I was a cocktail guy and I really love interacting with people. And so that aspect of my job was never a thing. I love that, you know. And then, but there was always the hours and the not being able to see, you know, your girlfriend or whatever because you're up to those kind of things that, you know, we sacrifice a lot to do those things to still chase that dream and I know there's so many other people out there hustling like, trying to do it tip of the hat to them you gotta keep doing it can we uh, can we throw on another one a quick uh, yeah, listen here yeah, listen, what, do you, what do you wanna do uh, you know Blood that's the one we closed the show out with tonight so why don't we give them a little bit of that that was LA Inspired yeah this thing rocks you know I wrote this one I literally I was bartending in Hollywood Boulevard and they always the story behind this song is like there's always these guys who you know the clubs pour out at 2 a.m. Yeah. you know and they're just hollering out the window just like what's up ma you know to <laughs> yeah. these three inch heels and you're stumbling like a you know broken <laughs> calf down the corner yeah. and uh, and like I've seen these girls you know just hop in the car with these random dudes and like all the more power to them do you think but like what if one night. That's just the wrong car. The wrong car. The wrong yeah. guy. And that, I don't know, I'm dark, I'm twisted, whatever, but that's the thought that came in my head, and that's where this song came from, was just watching it on Hollywood Boulevard, that was it. man. Yeah. It's all dancing on the wall. The book is so sweet. So, baby, you can head it out. If you come with the meat. That's that is great, and that's on that's on your record. How? Yep, yep. And available on iTunes. That's available on iTunes. Obviously, it's available on Spotify. Yep. Sorry, that's what I'm using. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. And uh, you know, hey, it's easy. Appreciate um, the place. <laughs> great, great. And that's what you, you closed your set here uh, today with Absolutely. that. But we we obviously were fortunate to see this. But for anyone at home, you should look for him on YouTube. Where we 
Because they were filming you, and that's yeah. really, where will that be available? To you know, um, I'm sure they're going to be, you know, cutting it down from, you know, the Bourbon and Beyond website. There's going to be some recaps yeah. and stuff. Whatever we get, I promise for anyone who follows us on social media, you know, mainly at Dave Cavalier for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is Dave Cavalier Official. Uh -huh. um, I promise to all of our friends out there and our new friends, if you go check us out and follow it, whatever, whatever the Bourbon and Beyond people put out, we are going to steal and repost. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic, <coughs> absolutely fantastic. How much Thank longer you. are you in uh, Kentucky? This it's a two-day festival. We're on day one right here. Uh, how are you going to be here for it both really days? It really depends on if they lock the drummer or I up at any point. Then it'll <laughs> be a little bit longer. <laughs> but uh, assuming we behave ourselves, we should probably be out of here by tomorrow night. But yeah, are, there any, are there any bands? A lot of bands here. Are there any that you're yeah. really, really looking forward to seeing? You know, I was I was telling Emma kind of off camera before is Buddy Guy has been yeah. such an inspiration for me, and the idea that we're sharing a festival as an opening for him, I mean, it's just I, that's a that's a personal thing for me that sure. I want to be a part of it. And in the same respect, Eddie Vedder, I mean, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, I grew up listening to my mom's blues records, playing my dad's guitars, and stealing my brother's alternative rock records. Yeah. You know, I mean, that has became who I am today. So I want to see those two boys, and then uh, and then Gary Clark, of course. Gary Clark. I mean, he's just. He's tearing it up with everyone right now, but we've been chasing his shadow with our sound for about two years, so yeah. it's going to be fun. I've seen him before, but he doesn't I, let down, man. Another hell of a guitar player, Joe Bonamas, is here, oh too. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That guy, can, that guy can tear it up. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it, your face is not the same after that kind of melt job. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a perfect opportunity to ask if you will please come back on the show, because I oh, yeah. really believe this weekend is going to change everything for you. I really so hope ways. so. I really appreciate that, we too. We would love Thank to get you. those stories. So we're going to get that in Writing, we're gonna get yeah. that writing that you'll be back. Yeah, on the yeah. Show. have your people call after, my people. No, it is because we, we're in Venice, though. Where do you live? You got a little. Uh, I'm east. in the middle of Hollywood. Oh, all right, well, that's not yeah, bad. right back Capitol Records. Yeah, all right. My first apartment in uh, in Hollywood, I actually got because from the balcony you can see the Capitol Records building. Oh, cool. And I'm a Beatles kid. So, oh, yeah. you know, and so I, I, I literally, that was like seven and a half years ago when I moved to LA. It was, I hop off that balcony every day and look down at that Kel Reggers building like, all right, get to work, get yeah. to work. Well, just, I just want to ask you, would you have one piece of advice for people who have gone through what you've gone through in those seven and a half years? I'm sure you've come up against so many challenges and yeah. millions of reasons to stop and quit and not do it. Yeah. If you could tell yourself seven and a half years ago, yeah. one thing, what would it be? I think, um. Don't underestimate, like, the clout of people, you know? Yeah. I mean, some people, and this is the beautiful thing about our internet world, I mean, don't be afraid to hit someone up on Facebook if you can't find their email. Hit them up with a tweet, you know? I mean, some of the biggest opportunities I've been able to turn around for me and my guys have been just because I put in the work with the coffee to just find the guy's email, and then, you know, I emailed him. And he yeah. responded, yeah. you know, and then sometimes they don't. Sometimes they tell you to fuck off, you know, <laughs> but you follow up and you stay persistent politely, you know, and then and other than that, on a more practical end, I mean, from a personal end, it's just if you don't believe in you, nobody will. And so whatever you got to do to get your ass out of bed in the morning, just have a coffee. My brother was um, was a soldier, two tour of Purple Heart, such an inspiration. And he used to tell me this one thing he used to say, left foot, right foot, just keep marching. Yeah. You know, yeah. and sometimes you got to just get your head out of the game and just left foot, right foot and just keep <gasps> trust the process. Do the work. Making you want to cry. No. <laughs> That's great advice. Thank you. If I, if I could have given you advice seven years ago, oh, it would have been right 
a song called Gangnam Style. Oh, yeah. yeah you know who went to college get... with that guy? <laughs> no, you I swear to God, he went to Berkeley College did of Music in Boston. Did you No, I swear. I just pulled oh that God. out of my ass. I oh, man. I swear. How we went to college together. Oh, yeah. Cy went to... Oh, yeah. It was Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Did you know him? I did not. I found this out after the fact. Once everyone was doing their Gangnam Style dance, someone literally was like, you know, we went to school with him, right? And I was like, we did? Because he sold, like, there was like 50 million. It's, it's hundred profound. Million, yeah, like crazy yeah. how much money that yeah. guy made off yeah. that song. He's the new Despacito. Er, he was the original OG Despacito. By the way, one, <laughs> one quick thing. You mentioned the Beatles. Wow. You mentioned the Beatles earlier. Uh, yeah. Years ago, I was at a concert uh, yeah. in, in, in Aspen. Uh, oh, yeah. And it was like a, it. it was like Sean Colvin and a couple. Of, but anyway, I'm sitting there uh, with uh, my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And right before the show, this couple walks in and sits right in front of us. And it's Ringo Starr no and shit. Barbara Bach, right? So, so, I mean, you're, so you're telling to, everyone you had real direct, crappy seats. Directly in front of me, I know. <laughs> directly in front of me. And so uh, she looks at me and she says, he's a beetle. And we're kind of fucking <laughs> like, and I go, I go, I know. And she says, you got to touch him. Oh, you got to touch him. And I said, oh my God. I go, no, I can't touch him. Every second she's, she's like, you have to touch him. Did you so touch I, him? So I reach up like this, Jesus. my finger like this, like this, and I go, and I you know, like a jacket, like a, you know, oh a leather jacket God. on. And I touched his jacket, and then I held my finger up like this. And we were just being goofy. but Of like, course. Oh. She's like, oh, my God. And, there's, and you touched him. Then you realize, for about hundreds of millions of people, that would be the great, you know, like that oh, would yeah. be the, to touch Ringo oh, Starr. Yeah. You know what else you realize? Yeah. How everyone else was looking at him, too, going, that's Ringo Starr. And they're looking at this weirdo slowly <laughs> bringing his <laughs> finger to the guy. And then Should staring, we call security? <laughs> This guy's gonna poke Ringo Starr in the ear. I sit there when you're telling me like, and imagine if if that was your reaction, like just to touch him. Yeah. Think about the actual weird creep dude who <laughs> saw him and put like like what what was he? Is he like it's a beetle? I need to hug this. Oh, I mean, like, I'm what sure poor Ringo's had to deal with. I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot. lot of pokes. Yeah, that's what uh, she came in through the bathroom window, right? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah. what it was yeah, actually yeah, yeah. about a, a fan when they mm-hmm. were in a, actually climbed into their bathroom uh, window? And I heard Paul McCartney tell the story once, and and she was uh, obviously had a, was very very uh, fanatical, motivated, and, and but Paul <laughs> said they just you know they knew she was a little bit worked up, but they talked her in and they oh. took her out. And they, they, but that stuff used to happen. Crisis control, you know, like where is she now? Th- them Get running, the them running to the car, you know, back the, like sprinting while they're cha- for they, what it's worth. Coming from another musician, I will take that problem any day of the week. You'll take oh. that. <laughs> well, yeah, ladies. I'm I'm gents. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say, ladies and gents, come on over. You he lives somewhere, in the ho- somewhere near the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> Capitol <laughs> Records. Just look for Dave Cavalier <laughs> and look for Dave Cavalier uh, at, at Dave Cavalier all over social media. Yes, please. Uh, what record are we getting now? We get it. Is there, is there? Yeah. So so we're releasing a live EP. So I wanted our new studio EP to be done by today, and okay. uh, we're gonna be putting a couple extra months into. We had a new song we wanted to add, so it's a little bit longer. So incredibly excited. So. Today, going to be releasing uh, the Mate Sessions, um, which is a live EP. It should be uh, available across all uh, digital platforms, iTunes, Spotify. Um, if technology is evil to me, I'm positive you can at least find it at DaveCavalier.com backslash music. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, from Bourbon and Beyond, the great Dave Cavalier. Thank you guys for having me so much. Oh, the crowd. Just stay on this Thank you. Thank you. Crazy. We'll do it again. Yes. No, Thanks. we must. Thanks for being with us, brother. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. I want you so bad You run to my skin, cold sweat Cause I know there's danger on the dance floor 
with us now, the man who brought you the festival, second man who brought you the festival, kind of brought you the festival. Just let him have it. The man <laughs> who brought you bourbon and beyond. That is, he should take credit for it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Clay Bush. Woo! Yeah. Welcome, Clay. Thank you so much. You all are going to get me fired. You, they, they, I, am oh, not, I am not that cool. It, there's, I mean, <laughs> I've met a few busy people today. This yeah. is crazy busy but you've got to be up there with the busiest guy so you, how's uh, it going well he first of all, let me make sure everybody knows who who clay <laughs> is before we get going here danny wimmer presents is the company that is putting on this entire event here bourbon and beyond and danny wimmer if i understand correctly clay you are you were the very first employee of danny wimmer presents i right? was i was it's okay. going on six years now um danny had a business that he was starting prior to that but it me and him kind of aligned at the perfect time. I was I was in between. I was consulting. I was, used to be a record label. I was Interscope Records for a long time. Um, did two years of consulting. So I had a lot of brands like the Maloof family and the Palms Hotel and sure. the Hard Rock Cafe were clients so of mine. So you're used to dealing with egos. A little is what bit. You're a little bit. But I wanted to sign a band because I had a I had a ego myself at that time. I was like young, <laughs> well, late What were you doing guy. at Interscope? I was, you, I, was head, I was a marketing manager for the Rock Department. Okay, gotcha. So right. I had Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, nice. the, Yeah Yeah Yeah's were okay. my clients. Uh, but when Interscope changed, Beats by Dre was a big deal for Jimmy at that time. Rock music sure. was kind of falling on the wayside. Uh, two years consulting, met Danny within that time, and it turned into a job. And he made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and that's when I started with Danny Worm Presents, and that was going on six years now. Well, congratulations. Thank you've, you. You've achieved a lot in that time, although you've lost AC. I bet Interscope had great AC, didn't they? And here we are, sweating. There's no air conditioning out here. <laughs> I know a lot of people in Interscope still that would rather be here. Yeah, I, probably. Yeah, I won't call them out by name. By the way, you know, you know what the song was? This is a quick diversion. You know what the song was that actually really, if you watch that documentary that Jimmy Iving uh, credited for making Interscope blow up? Do you know what it was? Rico. Rico. Suave. It was. That was their big hit yeah, for I'm friends, with, yeah. I'm friends with Jimmy's son. And, oh, you are? Yeah, okay. So I'm, I mean, it's cool to... That documentary was really cool to watch because I was there during the, the during late part. When you go to the Beats yeah. by Dre chapter, that's literally when I started Interscope. So it's like cool for me to see that wow. um, from an outsider. Now, I've been in the business over 10 years myself now. So How does that change you in terms of where you thought you wanted to be before experiencing that and now? I think technology changed my mind of what I wanted to do. I think when piracy and the music business changed, and listen, I was always into throwing live events and having big parties. That was always my thing. And I just think that the timing, you chase, when you're a kid and you're passionate, you chase rock music, you chase, I want to work for that label, I want to work for that band. Um, it's really probably not the best thing sometimes. And I think for me, I like putting on experiences. I found, I kind of found myself by joining Danny. Um, I found myself, I didn't want to manage artists. I didn't really want to work with musicians unless it was in this setting yeah. and, and that's really it's not work then I wake up and I go to bed and would you say because both Dan and I interview uh, entertainment personalities for a living and do you say there's something about putting on a festival where not only the audience get a lot, but the performer gets just as much? Like yeah. It's almost like you're giving something back, like yeah. everyone's having a blast. Well, I know this is your first experience you've ever been with us, but no. if you go yeah. to previous Danny Wormer Presents, I mean, there's bands that I'll find at the Roxy, a band called Nothing More, for example, that had the lead single for the, the War of the Planet, the eighth sa tra oh, uh, okay. soundtrack sure. that just came out. Wow. I found them at the Roxy with 20 people being the first of five, and then we offered them a festival slot to open up a stage. 
and it turned into a label bidding war, turned into a number one single of rock radio, then turned into where they're at now, with about to have another rock, a number one, and they're, they're about to go, and that band's worth a thousand tickets It's a guy like now. Dave Cavalier, who played here. You, you know, know, you know I, the story I mean, about him and me? No, tell no, it. let's hear it. He was the number two employee of Danny Worm Presents. <gasps> no he, he was Danny. Him. He was Danny and I's first really assistant. Okay. And we knew we had an artist, and he was playing his shows and hustling, and he made a, he made a choice, just like we all make choices, right? Um, he's like, I'm going to go chase my dream. And here he is playing Bourbon and Beyond. He's Believe a me, hard worker. He's a hard worker, but we did not book him because he was Dave Cavalier, Danny Moore Presents. We booked him because his music's good. We yeah. booked him that we think he there's something going here. One of my favorite acts so far today. Awesome. And, and there's there's a hell of a lot of acts here. I, I mean, you've got right now in the background, I, I can hear a buddy guy is uh, playing in the background legend. right now. ZZ Ward just played. In a little while, a band of horses are going to mm -hmm. take the stage. Who else is coming up? The Steve Miller. And uh, what's that one guy's oh, name? Oh, oh, what's, what's his, his name? name? Eddie Vetter. I thought you were going to say Amos <laughs> Lee. I mean, this is this is, and this is not to deny it. This is Louisville, Kentucky, man. Yeah. Like you have brought a world class lineup of talent yeah. to Louisville, Kentucky. Well, I, I I wish you guys you guys kicked it off saying I'm the brains behind Bourbon and Beyond. That is so far from the truth. We are such a big team. Yeah. I, I'm just the megaphone that gets to do hang out with you guys and have a good time. Well, you're a it's, voice for everyone you work. Thank with. you, thank you. Well, listen, uh, I I just want to I want to thank you for having us out, Clay. Clay Bush, Danny Wimmer presents uh, Bourbon and Beyond. It is an amazing event, and I'm it's going to be happening next year. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah. So go to the website, check it out, make sure you get on their mailing list, get on that email list, get your updates, and get to Kentucky next year. Clay Bush, thank you for joining us. Thank Hold you. on. The audience, Woo! please. Oh. Yes. Oh, they love you. Oh, please stop. Buddy Guy's on. There we go. All right. <laughs> Cut off Buddy Guy out there. So look, he even stopped for you. That's why he's a even legend. Bu even Buddy stopped. He's for a you legend. Right now. Yeah, I I'm looking to get a picture with him. Oh my God! Yeah. Speaking of which, let's do that. Clay Bush, thanks for joining us, All man. Right, thanks. Bye. With us now is a guy who feels uncomfortable when I'm playing his music when he's sitting right in front of us. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, can we, from Sean James and the Shapeshifters, can we give a warm, drinky, fun time? Welcome to Sean James. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Oh, please. Oh, wow. Everybody, calm down. My oh, God. I feel so welcomed. Sean. The silly thing is, though, that if all those people were just watching, well, watching James yesterday, they would be making a way bigger sound than that. <laughs> Sean got a huge uh, ovation yesterday. Apparently, it was such a big ovation, it messed his head up because he couldn't make it here today because he gave a headache. Right. Headache from the yeah. applause. Yeah, from the headache applause, from the applause from the, yesterday. From the response just blew my mind. It had nothing much. to do with your birthday being yesterday no. and you being no. at a bourbon festival. It was no. not yesterday. Nothing. It was the day before yesterday, which no. meant oh. he was enjoying his birthday okay. boxing day. That was it? Your birthday was two days ago. No, it was yesterday. Yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you, you lied. <laughs> yesterday was his birthday. No, he said it was no, his birthday. No, I said yeah, it was yeah, yesterday. I said, oh, today's your birthday, Boxing Day, then. And he said, no, that was yesterday. He doesn't well, no, know what today. Boxing Day is. He's, he's boxing from, Day is a second reason to drink. He's from Arkansas. He knows little about Boxing Day as I know, being from Philly. Boxing Day. Has nothing to do with boxes. Okay. Yeah, no, nothing. So, Sean. Yes. How are you, man? I am recovering. I'm recovering. Doing well. You did yeah. a little birthday celebrating. You had a incredible set here at Bourbon and Beyond yesterday. It was a damn good time, honestly. Like, was how was that being up there? Because they had a rocking 
crowd. Well, I didn't. You. I, you know, being honest, like I didn't know what to expect with the crowd here. Yeah. Because uh, we're a little bit heavier, we're a bit, little bit louder than a lot of the other artists playing, and it's always sometimes a shocker to the audience. But at the end of every song, you could just feel the energy from them coming back to us, and that was amazing. So it went incredible. Yeah, it was really good. Have you played Louisville before? I have not. This is no. my first time ever swinging. And through. you're from Arkansas, though. I'm from Chicago. My okay. band is from Arkansas. Okay. Yeah, a bunch of bearded. You know, rednecks. Bearded so. people. You do. You do. You have a. What's the look there? It's like a it's long. It's a bearded redneck. The look? Look? Oh. Yeah. No, I don't know if it's even redneck. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I obviously don't have. A clue. It's called bearded but beautiful. Bearded but beautiful is, is, is what we're going. So you for. live in Chicago. I do not live anywhere. Oh my God, I, I know I'm the worst person yeah. in the world. Uh, we're ba- basically, I'm, I'm I'm touring so much this year that I decided to put all my stuff in a storage unit. Because there's no sense in paying rent. And there you go. I'm Absolutely. A, I'm a vagabond okay. this year. And how's the tour going? It's incredible. I started off touring three months in the beginning of the year throughout Europe and the UK. Uh, we got back, did a whole month uh, U.S. tour, went back to Europe in the summer for festival season for two months, came back. I was just in L.A., came over here, played Bourbon and Beyond, and next week we leave for another two-month European extravaganza Whoa. again. Wow. This year's busy as hell, and that's why I decided to do that and not have a home, because <laughs> well, it doesn't make a, sense. You're a smart guy, and thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thank um, you for having me. And I've got to ask, how did the Brits receive you? It it w- they were some of the strongest crowds I've ever had. Really? Yeah, because they've been a lot of them have been listening to me for, like, since I first started in 2012 and it's taken me a while to make the connections to be able to go out there and play the shows so this year was the first time I did it so a lot of those folks have been listening to me for five years finally get out there the response was massive sold out shows some of the biggest shows I've ever done and it Where was did you solo play? in London I played a place called The Con it was and a lot of people don't know it's in Camden but you it used to be an old jazz club in the basement oh. And it do, they don't do anything unless you book a show there now. Ooh. And I was shocked. It was sold out. It was a, a really, it was amazing. That's cool. It was super Did cool. Did you go to the north? I went to Edinburgh. That's quite north. Uh, Glasgow. <laughs> it's super north, yeah. Newcastle. Um, Did you go to Manchester? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I did not go there. Everyone told me to. How do no. you feel the, like the people in England respond to sort of, you do soul, blues, folk yeah. sort of fusion as opposed to in the United States? Do you feel like it, it, they are, don't embrace it as much or they embrace it more than they embrace it here? Or is it just, you know? I feel that, that uh, when we go overseas, they embrace it double to triple the amount that we Which do. Which is weird because it's an American yeah, and this foreign is, music. Exactly. Yeah. And this is the point is like over here we're used to it. We know what it is. We can get that all the time. You know what I mean? Like we, we're kind of jaded almost. And over there they... They almost worship. I've, I've seen it. They like worship this American Southern Americana sound because they're not from there. It's like you know what I mean. Sure. And yeah. because of that, um, they just take it more serious and they they're way more intense about it. And it's it, that's why we're touring so much over there this year. It's because it's a no brainer to go over there and to spread it there because they they eat it up. Not that they don't in the U.S. Sure. We have a great time. But it's new for us, a new market over there, and that's we love going there and meeting new people, and making new friends. Honestly. Who are your uh, Who are your biggest soul influences? Oh man! So growing up in Chicago, uh, I grew up in the church, and that's what taught me to sing. Uh, so you know, people like Aretha Franklin, 
Um, and then going into the R&B soul side, Bill Withers, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke. Sure. And then beyond that, when I got older, I got into like the older blues stuff, gospel blues. Sure. Like uh, Robert Johnson, Sun House, Muddy Waters. Did you happen to catch Buddy Guy last night? I was doing an interview in this tent. <gasps> no! It's not awful. Three in a row. And I was listening the whole time, trying to pull myself for, away. And I was like, For I what it's it. worth, we were doing the same thing. We had a couple guests on during Buddy's set. And I'm sitting yeah. there going, I'm trying to listen with, to what they're saying to me. Yeah. But I do hear Buddy Guy in the background. Now, something interesting I heard. My wife walked up as he was playing. And she said that he was playing the guitar with his butt. What? Stop it. Hold on, turn Seriously, that on. Sorry, turn on. put her on. All right, now you're coming on. Bring her on. It's Michelle, right, Bring Michelle? Yeah. Michelle, all right, let's hear yeah. this. Here, let's give it up for Michelle, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome. Hey. Literally, now because none of us were there except yeah. you. Describe. No, and I walked up, and there's just these big screens, you know, they're, yeah, huge. they're huge. And I just, I see him with the guitar just like, Wiping it, sliding it. Are you sure he just yeah. wasn't wiping his ass? Are you sure yeah. maybe he just had a they thought nobody noticed? I was, I, I had to stand there for a minute, like, because I was walking up because I, I, I had to leave and come back, and I was walking up and I see this and I was like, what is he doing? But I've never seen that. It might have been an eight or a fire ant. Maybe. maybe. No, that's, I mean, yeah. that's amazing. You know, it's it called good? Skidmark Guitar. That's what it's called, Skidmark yeah. Guitar. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. But how that did it one. sound? It actually surprisingly didn't sound bad. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's a buddy do, guy. He, he mean, can do anything, so you know. he's a legend. Yeah. We shared a trailer with him yesterday, separated by <gasps> the door. What? Yeah. What? Uh, we we wanted to, to walk knock. through. No, <laughs> I wanted to walk through so bad, but I, you Why know, I'm he? being respectful. He's a he's a legend. He is, but he's a down to earth guy. He's I'm not sure. with everyone. But it's his backstage area, you know. You don't want to. He's probably got good snacks, like more than pretzels. Michelle, what is it like for you being on the road? I mean, this this hectic, yeah. you know, Sean was talking about like giving it all up and not even having a place to hang your hat. Mm-hmm. How's that been for you? It's been it's been a change for me because, I mean, he's been doing this for a while. So this is the first year that I quit my job and just started going on the road with him. So it's been a, like a, a big adjustment, but it's a, been amazing. And I finally get to like meet all of these friends that he's made across the world. And it's been incredible. And yeah. let me add something, too. Since she's uh, quit her job, she's become an incredible photographer. And now she's really? like, she travels around taking photos of us so and stuff like that, doing video work, all sorts of stuff. And yeah. she's, her skill has increased times a thousand since she started beginning so of the year. So not only is she incredibly lovely and brave but she would she's not have stumbled upon this incredible skill she's got yeah, yeah exactly. it's a beautiful thing yeah. can no, I, I never expected that can i say something i think you two i think there's a spark here they're gonna make I'm it a little, <laughs> i'm seeing a little something here i don't know well maybe it's maybe it's the whiskey but i'm seeing something right, ready, here. ready to get your mind blown yeah 14 years. No! What? Cheers to that. Hey. All right, let's Drink raise a glass. Cheers. Cheers. Here we Cheers, go. Guys. That's wow. how we do that. Congratulations. Wow. 14 years. Yeah, I feel really so you didn't, you didn't meet on Tinder then. Where did you meet? <laughs> no. no. Met, oh, oh, man. Are we going to go to this story? Yep. Yes. Come on. Here, you tell it. Inspire people. <laughs> All right, so my best friend, I was 16, 15, actually 15. My best friend had a crush on her best friend. Mm-hmm. And they were having a girls' slumber party, right? You were and, young. And we found, <laughs> we found out about it. And my <laughs> best friend's mom baked cookies, put us in a couple of her nightgowns, put curlers in our hair, and we 
showed up to their slumber this party. This is adorable. And knocked on the door and we're like, we're here for the slumber party. And so the... The, the slumber the slumber party's mother who was there was like uh uh-uh, uh you aren't coming in. obviously we're a couple of dudes but she came out and the first thing she said to me was you look good with curlers in your hair mm-hmm. and I was like <laughs> I liked oh, it I oh, liked damn. it yeah if she likes me like this I knew <laughs> that, that, was, that was it for me that's fantastic no. <laughs> <laughs> no I love his sense of humor though like that's that's a huge part do you ever do, do, you ever do dress up anymore with curlers in your hair does <laughs> that happen anymore I feel like you had some curls in Tonight, like, did you know why the you did you dreads slept? on me one year? Wait, no, I had no curlers. Dreads. No, this you is my natural. Wave. This is natural. Yeah, oh, you've got good hair. Yeah, I know he does. Thank it's ridiculous. I mean, you have fabulous hair too, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, she was a hairstylist in the. That's what oh, she did that's before all that, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, you're listening to Love Stories. <laughs> a new <laughs> podcast. I didn't know it was going to go here. Teenage Love Affair. You're the one who turned on her mic. This is your yeah, fault. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, we're very diverse in our conversational topics. We, we, I appreciate love, and so do you, Emma. I don't love you, Dan. Oh, I love you. Come on. Now we're gonna have a fight, Sean. You you've been featured on uh, HBO. It says here in the bio. What was what show on HBO? Uh, Shameless. Love that. Yeah, yeah. What, just like a uh, one of the episodes. Just yeah. The your season music? finale, I believe, of last year's season. I think that was it. Right. That's the that's the end. It's over. Is it? Yeah, I don't think they're coming back. It was like a in. It wasn't a big deal. They oh, didn't make a big deal. I, I think it's I done. Yeah, you I think it's think, done. I don't know. Yeah, but it, I was on the season finale episode. There was uh, not me was on it. One of my songs was on there. Well, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool, and I was shocked. You know, it's a. Uh, a lot of people love that show, and I've seen yeah. it, and it's awesome. And to be featured on something like that, you know, it's really. You know cool. what else? A lot of people love The Last of Us. <laughs> now let's talk about this. Yeah. Phenomenal that, video game. That I call it a video game because it was born in the eighties. Forgive yeah. me. But you're you worked you collaborated right? And no. So you wait? They said, "Can we just borrow your song?" You want to hear like okay? Yeah, I want to hear. I wrote this song six years ago. I moved to Arkansas, right from Chicago, just for a change of pace. And I was living in this old 1930s house, and I wrote this album, the first album I put out called Shadows. And one of these songs on that album was the most darkest, depressing, saddest song I ever wrote in my life. And I never thought anything would happen with this song, right? Because of the content and because of the way it was. And I recorded it, put it online. It was on the internet for five to six years with not much happening, right? And uh, then Sony PlayStation emailed me, I would say about four years ago now. And they straight up just emailed me, just straight to me. I was like, oh, woke up one day on tour and I was like, I have an email from Sony. Hmm, weird. You were and suspicious. Oh, you? no joke. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was weird, you know, being an underground unsigned artist, that stuff doesn't happen very often. So it was really cool. And basically, they just, they said they love this song. They want to use it. They're not going to tell me anything about anything that it's going to be used in. I didn't know anything about the game. I didn't know anything about who was singing it. I didn't know anything about anything and I was super hesitant to give them permission to use it because of that because I'm really you know as an artist you want your work to be represented in the right way and you know you know what I mean and uh, so in the end I was like well there's no reward without the risk this is Sony PlayStation it could really help get my music out to more people than I could imagine let's take the risk and I did and and I didn't know anything and I found out that it was on The Last of Us, the trailer, too, uh, 
when Sony PlayStation did this like big revealing and trailer release, I found out about it as soon as everyone else was watching it online. All my friends started emailing me, messaging me, all this stuff, and they, they were freaking out. That's how it should be. It's beautiful. It it's you know beautiful. What? Speaking of going for it without having permission. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song. <laughs> I love your dance right now. <laughs> My dancing is not in the <laughs> highlight of the weekend. That's for sure. Bite the lip. Get the lip. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, we don't have permission to play this, so I'm going to turn it off. But oh, all right. I'll leave it off. <laughs> Can we have permission, Sean? You have permission. So <laughs> great. Things begin to change. Never had I ever seen the sun. Yeah. Turn my headphones up. So tell us about that song. Where'd that one come from? That's that called one, Flow. That one's called Flow, yeah. I, uh, I wrote that one while I was living in Tennessee for a little bit. I was living in Nashville working in some recording studios, and I had this uh, really, everything is a deep story with me. You're going to find well, that's out. That's good. You're good podcast uh, fodder. Oh, is that good? Yeah. Awesome. So I, I was going through this life thing of choosing uh, stability and uh, comfort or giving that up and going for what I really wanted. And there was this huge transition period happening, and I was really stressed out. And we lived about a quarter of a mile from this river. And so I walked down there one day with a guitar, and that song literally came out in 15 minutes while I went out there during this time, and that does not happen to me very not often. Not to you. Right? Like when I write songs, I have to think about it. I have to... You know, you have to, it's it's like a poem, it's like a story, it's so many things and it takes a long time typically of going through it. But you must have, he- I've heard this as mm-hmm. someone who interviews people for a living, I've heard this a lot from musicians, how they have a moment and it's like they did it, like you just said, yeah. in like moments, it, they, they just, inspiration. it was there. It just, the inspiration And it happened hit. to you too. It was because, and I really think I couldn't have wrote, written this song if uh, I wasn't in the mindset I was in. And if I didn't, wasn't, weren't in that place. Because the song is called Flow, and the chorus is Flow Like a River. I was at the river, totally inspired it. And it was just like this clouds parting moment, and it just came to me. And, you know, I, I wasn't thinking it was, a, it was a hit song or anything like that. It was just, it felt right, and that's why I wrote it. And then now it's become one of my most popular songs, one of my favorite songs, because it's real. You know? Yes, I 100% agree. And this is the most oogly-boogly as I've ever got on this show. <laughs> but I think that everyone listening, this is why you cannot control your life too much. You can't worry about trying to predict or anticipate. Absolutely. Because you don't know what's in store. No, it's you meant really to don't. Be. And I and I gave up. You know, I gave up. Like I said, a very stable. After I wrote this song, it kind of. After coming back from the river, I, I remember talking to Michelle, my wife, and I was like, "Listen, I don't want to do this anymore." You know, I, oh, no. and this is scary. Not and you with, weren't talking about marriage. No, not about her. Okay. No, no, the job. <laughs> no, whoa, whoa. Michelle's like, "What together. is whoa. going on?" Hey. <laughs> 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 no, no. So th- the choice was like I-, I was I was like an assistant engineer, and it was eating me up inside because I was making people create these records and twisting knobs and making them sound good when I wanted to be the one performing. I was so jealous. You wanted your knobs to be twisted. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That was a conversation later. (laughs) Yeah. Weird. Later that night. Later that night. (laughs) Night. I apologize. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> we were, so we went home last night after a long day at Bourbon to be on. Right. Opened a bottle of wine, put on some Sean James. Really? In a we did. Oh, in a beautiful, like rustic house we're staying at. I'm in Kentucky. staying there, by the way. And it was. I'm yeah, you should probably that. stay there. And it like, fit. As far as moods go, uh-huh. this music, a little wine. All of us had had a long day in the heat, and it was great. And we just had that sort of glow you get at the end of a long day like that. Uh, and this music um, is an perfect. And AC, which helps and your real music. <laughs> The Wanderer. That's the Wanderer, yeah. He did that dance too. Listen, at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's acceptable. It's not now, Dan. I get it. I I think my dancing's fine. It's wonderful. (laughs) I'm not judging you. I think it's great. So what happens now that the hangover looks like it's abated? Oh, it's done now. I've moved beyond. Thanks to to Drinky Drinky Fun Fun Time. (laughs) Got me a Drinky Fun Time drink. We create hangovers and we get rid of them. That's what we do. You guys totally cured it. (laughs) I'm feeling so much better now. Uh, Now we can recreate. What Wait, we did last oh, night again. Michelle's like, no. no. I'm not level She's yet. like, I'm still in the water. Here you go, Michelle. You need some. Uh, By the way, you, take that. You, you did send the best uh, email we've ever gotten for the show. Producer Bo <laughs> comes, to, comes to us earlier and he says, I just got an email from Sean James. Very frank. You know, was it no bullshit? Oh, no. no bullshit. Was, it oh, says, here we go. All right. I just woke up from a crazy birthday extravaganza. Is there any way we could reschedule? The hangover is real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we, we love straight, that you made it, man. Straight we lo- to the point. Hey. I woke up at 1 p.m. And I was like, I have an interview at 2.30. No. And Michelle's <laughs> like, just don't go. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I have to be down to earth with these well, people. Well, in a weird way, we're glad you said it's okay. Because <laughs> we, this was, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yes. And where do we? What's coming up next? Where do we, What are people looking for now? What's happening next? Uh, the next thing we do is we're going to Europe for two months in October and November, all around Europe, and then we end in November in uh, the UK. And this is the first time in the UK that I'm bringing the band. Like awesome. I, what you've been playing is okay. more of the folk acoustic side of what, what should I, I have. play now? Tell me what I should play. What are we going to play out with? I want to. We want to have a song. Do you want to? You want to kind of mix it up and show them the real, the full yeah. band rock yeah. and roll? Yes, yes. Play, play Wild Man. What album? From the Gospel. Yeah, motherfucker! <laughs> well, we rock. can we oh. can cuss. Yes! I did not know this, God yes, damn. Cuss. <laughs> Let's try it again with you cussing. Here we go. Let's kick it. Ready? Sean's about to cuss. Go! God damn, motherfuck, fuck, ass, yeah. Titties, 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 ass, fuck, yeah. Don't really know many more cuss words. Michelle, take it off. <laughs> oh, I loved it. The heat started just like... <laughs> I'm too hungover for this. Uh, this, this. Uh-huh. Yep. This shit's like motherfucking shit. Grab it, hell good. Hell yeah. I miss, little, I miss Lil John. That's good. I want to I have a Lil John in my band, a hype man. What? Yeah, like rock bands don't have that, but we yeah. need it. 
Can you? You want to go on tour? I'm on tour. Yeah! I'll just stand by the side of the stage. Do you need what? You can have it. <laughs> I, I think it'd be a good time oh, on the road. Oh, my God. That's great. So that's the gospel according to Sean James and the Shape Shifters. We've kind of gotten the gospel according to Sean James today. Thank you. Who made it out. It is despite Sunday. Despite a wicked hangover. You said that you learned to sing at church. Yeah. Which I think is, like, wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean... Is there anything that you'd like to pass on and say or sing from being in church? Because it's Sunday. You want me to sing? What if yeah. we start clapping? All right. You know what? You want to do this? Really? No, no. Wait, wait. No, let's do it right. It's got to be slower. If we're going to do it, I'll do it. I'll sing for it. Okay. Tell me who's it riding. John the river leader. Tell me who's it riding. John the river leader. Tell me who's it riding. John the river leader wrote the book of the seven seas. Well, God walked down in the cool of the day, calling him by his name. But he refused to answer, cause he naked and ashamed. Tell me who's it writing? John the River Leader, tell me who's it writing? John the River Leader, tell me who's it writing? John the River Leader wrote the book of the seven seas. Sean, we got one Take more. Take the church. We got one more for you. All right. The gospel version of the Drinky Fun Time theme song. Oh. You got to make up right now. The gospel version of the Drinky Fun Time theme song. <laughs> That's a big ass. Okay. No. I got, got, I got we, it. We already I got have, it. Wait, wait, wait. We, we already have the, uh, uh, what do you call it, band? Mariachi band version. Let's get well, the Sean did, James gospel did. version. They, Here we go. It's like the Macarena. There we go. When you wake up. On a Sunday morning after your birthday And you got a hangover You postpone your interview with a podcast called Drinky fun time now Drinky fun time now Drinky fun time you gotta drink the fun right in now. You gotta recover with drinky fun time now. Drinky, drinky fun time. Ooh, drinky fun time cured my hangover. And now I'm singing again on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! Thank you for coming on the show. Sean James. Sean James and the Shapeshifters. <laughs> Check them out on tour. Get the music. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. You guys rule. Hello, I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. 
Interior Happening Discotheque. Remember when we called clubs <laughs> discotheques? LOL. The 70s were crazy. Night. The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. Oh, my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Ying Yang Twins. <laughs> Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would, he even, why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype <laughs> and that he has come for his cocaine. <laughs> As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced V-A-P-E in Spanish, <laughs> oh my God. he spots his dear friend who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. <laughs> Scarface yells out his signature line. <laughs> Ciao Bella, it's me, Scarface. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>